really think the bigger question for lead is what is their end game and how will that rating system evolve to move the needle further in terms of sustainability. I think that all of the low-hanging fruit have pretty much been picked at this point with the current building code. So what's what is next for them? And that really kind of brings us to a shift in some of those other certifications that are making a big impact on you know, our health, human health and um, future resiliency. Welcome to the Genuine Ingenuity Podcast, a forum where we discuss all things design and innovation within the architecture and engineering fields. I'm Jeff Coonan, the Director of Architectural Design at Gresham Smith, and I'll be hosting today's discussion. The advent of COVID-19 has changed expectations about the things that people want to have validated in their buildings, with landlords, building managers, and end users considering what health and wellness strategies need to be adopted to create a healthy building environment. For nearly 20 years, there's been an almost exclusive focus on LEED as the building rating system of choice, with a primary focus on sustainability and energy efficiency. Over recent years, however, there's been a recognition of the human health and wellness component of the built environment. This has resulted in a different class of building rating systems that take into account health and wellness factors. And those are gaining even more currency with the advent of COVID-19 which has seen people zero in on the issue of personal health and wellness like never before. I recently joined my Gresham Smith Corporate Nervin Design colleagues, Allison Mandeville, an interior designer and studio leader in Tampa, and Jenna Crow, an interior designer in Nashville, to talk about FitWell and Well, the two leading alternative building rating systems that emphasize healthy buildings. In our discussion, we'll break down the certification systems, their response to COVID-19, and how they each play with LEED. Allison, LEED has been the gold standard of building rating systems. Is it time for clients to think about alternatives? I don't necessarily think it's time for for alternatives to LEED per se. And I would say, you know, what's what is relevant today does drive, you know, decisions and, and thinking on, you know, what takes priority. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I, I think that Perhaps there are, you know, other third-party rating systems that are particularly relevant when looking at future resiliency and human health sustainability, which is sort of at the forefront of everybody's mind right now, given what's going on. Yeah. I, I think sustainability and the impact that construction has on the environment will continue to be important, especially given our current climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And I would say that when... LEED rating was first developed. The goal was really to provide standards for environmentally sustainable design, construction, and operation of those buildings and neighborhoods. But if you sort of fast forward to 20 years later, I think that LEED has been successful in influencing the marketplace, just as its founders had hoped it would be. I think that baseline code requirements have advanced to a point where they require higher standards for energy and water and indoor environmental quality, all of those important things. I, I really think the bigger question for LEED is what is their end game and how will that rating system evolve to move the needle further in terms of sustainability? I think that all of the low-hanging fruit have pretty much been picked at this point with the current building code. So what's, what is next for them? And that really kind of brings us to a shift in some of those other certifications that are making a big impact on, you know, our health, human health and um, future resiliency. What are your thoughts, Jenna? 
There's been an added focus in the past few years, especially um, on the health and well-being of a building's occupants, whether they work or reside in the building, and then how they connect to their um, to a healthy community. And this focus wasn't initiated because of um, COVID-19, but it has certainly increased since the start of the pandemic. Um, it doesn't really replace the intent of LEAD, which like Allison said, is to develop sustainable buildings and neighborhoods, but it's something certain clients may now value more than a building's environmental impact for various reasons. And I think we can all agree that it's critically important to design buildings um, and encourage the implementation of operations that control transmission of infectious disease. And it's also important to continue what well and fit well, which may be considered alternatives to lead originally set out to do, which is reduce predisposition to chronic disease and add quality to life. Jenna, how would you summarize fit well? Fitwell is a building certification system that was developed by the CDC and the GSA. It's operated and third-party certified by the Center for Active Design, otherwise known as the CFAD. Um, Fitwell launched uh, more recently, just in 2017, with an overarching goal of promoting to community that enhance and support the overall well-being of its occupants. It takes an integrated approach of both design and operations to improve health, happiness, and productivity. All of the available strategies within Fitwell are evidence-based and very practical solutions that positively impact a building's ocu building occupants' routines to promote their physical, mental, and social health. So Fitwell is really designed to prioritize occupant health no matter a project size, age, or location. It's, it's actually really great for existing buildings um, that maybe weren't built with any of these rating systems in mind. In just three years from its launch, there are over 540 projects certified or pending certification, and that has positively impacted over 106,000 people. So it's done a lot in its short lifespan. And like well, it's, um, it's also now on version two. Um, there are seven health impact categories on which a project can be scored, and I'll list them but not really go into them because we could get lost in that. <laughs> um, impact on surrounding community health, reducing morbidity and absenteeism, social equity for vulnerable populations, increasing physical activity, installing feelings of well-being, promoting occupant safety, and enhancing access to healthy foods. Um, and there are scorecards available for community, commercial site, workplace, retail, multifamily, and coming soon, senior housing. There, technically, for Fitwell, there's no prerequisites. So you can look at what your project might have or could easily implement um, to achieve a one through three star rating, and three would be the highest. It's uh, a more affordable certification system compared to others. It has relatively low prices to register and certify. How is Fitwell responding to COVID-19? In response to industry demand surrounding COVID-19, the Fitwell Viral Response Module was released, and it establishes minimum requirements based on scientific evidence to mitigate the spread of infectious respiratory disease. Um, I think it's the same as well in that it's broadly applicable. It can be used in any commercial or residential asset type for property owners. It's easily scalable for companies. Um, and it's separate from, but can also be an entry step to Fitwell certification. So you can pursue this separately or uh, get this and then proceed on to Fitwell certification. And then there's two levels, just the basic viral response certified and then viral response certified with distinction. And the strategies to achieve it include enhancing indoor environment, which would focus on mechanical systems, 
um, encouraging behavior changes, which focuses on implementing behavior interventions to mitigate um, viral transmission. And lastly, building occupant trust, which focuses on policies and pr procedures, which would maximize um, trust within the built environment. Allison, how would you describe well? The International Well Building Institute launched the well building standard in 2014. And we talked a little bit about it, you know, previously, but it, it's really a a standard for buildings, interior spaces, and neighborhoods with a focus on supporting and advancing human health and wellness. It's designed maybe more for people than, than it is about the external environment. It gives mm -hmm. you a science-based framework for making decisions about not only a building, but how, how operations and policies will enhance the, the building occupants' health and wellness. Um, they've recently launched version two after piloting, and that certification is centered around 11 concepts. Um, I'm not going to go through them all, but ranging from air, water, and light to thermal comfort, materials, and community, as well as innovation. And, you know, it, like I mentioned, it serves as a science-based framework to cover decisions such as how should a building's interior layout be arranged to provide an optimal amount of natural daylight, or how can employers can incentivize their employees to make healthy choices? Um, how can a building's design promote equitable experiences among its occupants? And then there's the recognition factor as well, which in current times may even have more appeal. Once certified um, and you get your well certification, there's a recertification process every three years in order to maintain that certification. How is well responding to COVID-19? And earlier this year, the IWBI, um, which stands for International Well Building Institute, launched the Well Health and Safety Rating in response to the coronavirus pandemic. And it was based on IWBI's task force on COVID-19, which um, that task force was comprised of over 600 um, professionals, doctors, virologists, um, designers, architects, you name it. Um, it's based on the well building standard, but it has lesser requirements than full well certification. Uh, the well health and safety rating focuses on design features that are specifically effective to fight against common germs, not just viruses, but bacteria and fungi as well. And so there's 21 features. Um, in order to obtain that health and safety rating, you have to meet 15 of those um, features. And then there's a one-year renewal process. So um, this particular <clears throat> health and safety, um, health safety rating involves five performance areas, and those include cleaning and sanitization protocols, emergency preparedness, health services resources, and air and quality management, as well as stakeholder engagement. So, you know, what, you know, talking about why building owners and organizations may be interested in this, it, it really includes the features that can be deployed quickly without a lot of major capital investment. It improves resilience against COVID-19 and other respiratory diseases. And um, I think importantly, it gives the public confidence that the appropriate, appropriate preventative measures are in place. Um, mm -hmm. Also has the ability to be implemented relatively quickly with a scalable pricing model. So there's, um, there's cost for small businesses and they set a minimum threshold for that. There's a standard model. There's also a model for high, vol high volume. Um, buildings as well as multiple use 
um, bulk pricing for multiple object projects that are residing within a single real estate portfolio. This question is for both of you. How do Fitwell and Well compare to each other? The best answer for it is to paraphrase Joanna Frank, who is the president and CEO of the Center for Active Design. And she said that health is emerging as a missing link in the sustainability movement because it rounds out the triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit. So both Well and Fitwell were developed in response to the need for healthier buildings, and both are recognized by leading global organizations. They can both be used internationally, and both can be applied to different project types. Um, each of them have a three-tier certification structure, and they require recertification on a three-year cycle. You know, there are certainly pros and cons to each certification in terms of human health sustainability, um, and one may be more applicable for one building owner and another, you know, depending on for what reasons they are wanting to obtain this certification. Um, the, I'd say the barrier to entry for well certification is a good bit higher, um, substantially higher than fit well certification. Mm. And it's, it's really due to the total cost of certification. It's, and it requires on-site performance testing. Um, consultant fees for um, well certification are probably, Jenna, you'd say about ha about twice as much as Fitwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what and I know. I, yeah, I would say, well, also, it's, it's not only more expensive, but it is also more stringent and comprehensive and more difficult to earn. So yeah. once once earned, there's a badge of honor, but it is it's probably a lot harder to obtain. I think Fitwell is just inherently designed to be more simple to implement and to document. It allows for more flexibility and um, a wide mix of strategies to apply to projects, but it's been criticized for being too easy for some properties and also for not going beyond what's considered common practice to raise the bar on health and wellness. Or like Allison mentioned earlier, a lot of what Fitwell um, prides itself on may just be common practice now and um, actually implemented into codes. So. Um, and then I guess on overlap between scoring, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, but LEED can help gain points for FitWell and WELL. But mm. as far as I know, WELL and FitWell do not appear in each other's rating systems. So LEED overlaps with both, but they don't overlap with each other. Right. I, I'd say that probably there's strategies that you would use to obtain mm -hmm. FitWell that may be the same strategies to to obtain well, but as far as like a formal crosswalks program, you, you would probably pick one or the other. Allison, given all we've discussed, do you think LEAD eventually goes away? Um, there's a There are a lot of third-party green certifications that are available, and they're not all created equal, I think. LEAD certainly has the strongest brand recognition. I think it's been a useful metric that has certainly raised the bar, like we talked about earlier, you know, in terms of just base, um, base code requirements. But there's a lot of backlash against government regulation of the certification, and, and there's been people that have raised questions about its current effectiveness. And many, mm. a, lot of, a lot of its critics say that points can be obtained without necessarily making things better. So I, I don't think the certification will go away, but I think it will certainly need to evolve to make a larger dent, especially in, in you know, in the, our current times. Jenna, what do you think? I agree. I don't think lead well or fit will, will ever go away, but I think their ideas and practices, especially the ones that earn recognition, um, could and maybe should become benchmarks of a responsibly designed and built project. 
um, LEAD emphasizes environmental and sustainable building practices while well and fit well prioritize the health, safety, and welfare of a building's occupants. Um, we don't really think these ideas can be separated from each other, but they definitely function better when viewed holistically. I think essentially it's up to an owner whether or not to pursue actual certification, maybe for pu publicity or selling points um, on a new building or development. But these practices should be considered and incorporated anywhere possible to ensure the best possible life for building occupants. And just where we are today, especially after the shock that was and still is COVID-19, having safe and reliable, healthy buildings and communities is more important than ever. And while LEED and Well and FitWell set baselines, it's really up to us as individuals to make sure our building and the surrounding community stay healthy for everyone. Thanks to both Allison Mandeville and Jenna Crow for joining us today to talk about building rating systems and COVID-19. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for this discussion. We look forward to sharing more discussions like this through future podcasts. For more design insights and industry trends, follow us on social media and visit our website at greshamsmith.com.